0: I was thrilled to have an Orange Socks interview with Lacey about her son Christian, who has a very rare condition called tessier cleft, or frontal nasal dysplasia. Lacey figures there are about 50 people in the world with this condition, to the degree of her sons. In addition to family responsibilities that include being a busy mom with two children, Lacey is an attorney and book author. I'm confident you will enjoy enjoy hearing Lacey's story. So Lacey, thank you so very much for taking the time to uh, meet with me for an Orange Sox interview to talk about your son uh, Christian. I'm just curious, when did you find out that he had Tessier cleft, or sometimes known as frontal nasal dysplasia. When did you find out that he had that diagnosis?
1: Um, Thank you for having me. Uh, We actually found out about Christian's diagnosis in utero. We went in for our anatomy scan, and we were mostly concerned about finding out whether he was a boy or a girl because we were so ready to start shopping. We never imagined in our wildest dreams that there was gonna be anything wrong. We went in for the ultrasound and Everything you know was fine that day. They didn't tell us anything that day, but it was some calls later that week that told us you know that they had seen something on the ultrasound and were concerned and needed to come back. and so from there, it just kind of progressed throughout the pregnancy to really figure out what was wrong with them.
0: with that concern, did you get any advice from the docs that were working with you on on what to do or?
1: His birth defect is really rare and so we didn't really get a specific diagnosis until after he was born and so you know all throughout the pregnancy we were hearing things like well we found this today on the ultrasound so now it looks like there's this going on and then we'd come back in a few weeks and say well now it looks like this you know they just never could get a really clear picture of what was going on and on top of that him having a really rare condition didn't make it easier for them to name something without even being able to actually see him. So what we were really getting at the time was more of a, we're just going to have to wait and see. We're just going to have to wait and see. You know, every week was kind of a wait and see game.
0: Interesting. How old is he now?
1: He turned six in February.
0: Okay. So what have been some of the challenges that you've had with Christian for the last six years?
1: We have the medical challenges. He's had to have several reconstructive surgeries. We've had to deal with some things like chronic rhinitis. I mean, basically, he's just always got like an overproduction of mucus and a cold, basically, that we that's just really hard to get rid of. Things like that, you know, and they've not been fun all the time. They've not always been easy. But, you know, I think the biggest challenge that we've had to face is social stigma. Christian looks radically different from what most people look like. And we don't care. We think Christian's beautiful, and he is beautiful. We love Christian for who he is. And, you know, his condition and his appearance are not even on the chart of things we consider on a daily basis about him or his value or his worth. But unfortunately, that's not the way the rest of the world has seen it. And so we've had to push back on a lot of social stigma about people with disabilities and people who have facial differences. So we've had to deal with a lot of nasty comments about our own child, about a child, um, and one with, you know, a condition. And that's been the hardest part because we know his value and we know his worth and it's hard when other people can't see that because they can't get past his facial difference.
0: So he had a cleft lip, cleft palate, he's also blind, is that not correct?
1: Yes, basically the simplest way to put it is that his eyes also clefted along with his cleft lip and palate. Mm -hmm.
0: So how is he uh, physically, health wise?
1: pretty much with Christian I tell people what you see is what you get. His appearance is the extent of his condition and so other than you know having to deal with some things like his vision impairment and stuff like that he's a very healthy typical six-year-old child.
0: Well what have been some of the joys that you've experienced with uh, having Christian in your life?
1: Uh, There have been so many joys with Christian. I mean he is just he's one big ball of joy really. I always say In this family, joy is a lifestyle. We don't spend time fretting over his disability. We don't spend time, you know, worrying about what are we going to do tomorrow because Christian's blind and, you know, he's going to grow up one day and he's still going to be blinded. We don't worry about that. Every single day that we get to enjoy Christian and hear his laughter and watch him just enjoy life, it brings us joy. You know, as a parent, seeing your child happy makes you happy. And Christian is, he's happy. I mean, all the time about everything. He loves the same types of things that any six-year-old kid loves. And we get to enjoy raising a six-year-old little boy, you know, and it's just, you know, the thought that he could have not survived after birth makes us all the more grateful because we can see all the things that we might have missed out on had he not survived. And we're just thankful that he's here. We're thankful that he's healthy despite his challenges, we have so much joy. The challenges don't mean a whole lot when the alternative was not having Christian at all.
0: That's wonderful. So tell me, what impact has his life had on your your family in general, your extended family or, or immediate family? I mean, he's the oldest and you have a, a mm-hmm. younger sibling, but you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest impact Christian has had on our family is giving us perspective. There's not a lot of things that can get you upset and bother you when you've just spent five days in the hospital getting your child better from surgery, and now they're better, and now they're healing, and the surgery helps. So it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this thing didn't go the way we planned. All right, let's keep moving. The little things are little things, you know what I mean? Because they're just not as significant. On that same token, we know that the big things are the big things. You know, we really have the perspective of what's important in life, and I think Christians given that to us. You know, we get to see the beauty in every day, and you know, just getting to be Christians parents. Whatever challenges we have to face, it's worth it. You know, that's the perspective that that he's given us.
0: That's great. His life also in- inspired you to write a book through the eyes of hope. <laughs> which I just bought on Amazon, by the way. So, oh, well,
1: thank you. So,
0: why did you write the book?
1: Well, the short answer is, I love Christian so much, I wrote a book about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, like the longer answer is, I have spent pretty much Christian's whole life pushing back against that stigma I mentioned earlier. You know, I feel like if there's only one side of the issue being presented, then... That's all people are going to hear. So I wanted to present the other side of the coin. I wanted people to see kind of like what Orange Sox is doing. I wanted people to see the joy because people would look at Christian when we'd be out in public and you could just see the overwhelming sense of like pity on their face or the overwhelming sense of even shock on their face. And I was just thinking, come on, y'all. Like, we don't want pity. There's nothing to be surprised about. We're happy. We're joyful. We want Christian. I mean, I think people would look at him and automatically think, oh, it must be so hard. Oh, those poor people. And that's not the conversations that we wanted people to be having. And that's not the world we wanted Christian to grow up in. And so the book was just one way for me to get our story out there and let people know that there's so much good and there's so much joy to be found in, you know, the life that we didn't plan.
0: That's awesome. That's super. Yeah. So let me ask you, if, if I just found out, either in utero or thereafter, that I had a child with similar diagnosis, what advice would you give me?
1: When people ask me this, I always think of that poem, Welcome to Holland, and I, I bet you've you've read it. So I remember reading it for the first time and the impact that it had on me. I think it sums it up perfectly. It's not a journey that we ever would have chosen. It's not a destination we would have picked, but there is so much wonder and beauty in it that, you know, when when babies in utero, that's sort of what we experienced, you know, and there's so much uncertainty. It's terrifying. It's so scary, but it'll be worth it. It'll be more beautiful than you could ever have imagined, and that child will teach you. We as parents think that we teach our children, but that child will teach you so Much about life and so much about who you are and who you want to be. <laughs> it's a wonderful journey. And you know, I feel like sometimes God knows what He's doing better than, than we do. We think we know what we want or what we need, and sometimes we get what we need.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. Awesome. I think it's wonderful that you wrote the book and that you're so out there with your son. And I've seen pictures of him. He's awesome. He's great. Thank you. <laughs> now, any final remarks that you'd want to give?
1: No, I mean, I think we've covered everything pretty good. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.